Your fanny is not your nipple. You heard it here first. Hello, you're listening to Great Culture Podcast, the podcast where two women drink wine and talk about feminist pop culture, literature and issues. I'm Sam. And I'm Kim. And welcome to the show. Uh, You may have noticed that we are two women. Um, This is not a permanent change. (laughs) Alex has just been very, very busy with work and life and is now gallivanting on holiday somewhere. Yeah, she's sunning herself in France, I believe. The lucky bitch. Yeah, so it's just it's just me and Sam today. Um, this might happen again later on in the year when Sam goes gallivanting. I'll be frolicking about in the Big Apple. <sighs> Bitch. <laughs> um, but rest assured, we will continue to bring you episodes. Uh, they may just be a little bit shorter or a little bit looser. Um, so this episode, we are officially talking about fashion and Pockets! <laughs> When we started Great Culture Podcast, we put together a document in which we just threw in ideas for what we could talk about. And at some point down that list was just the word POCKETS in massive letters. um, Because we wanted to talk about the lack of pockets in women's fashion and therefore, as a bigger issue, fashion and patriarchy and certain things that are enforced on women through clothes. Um, But primarily we're talking about pockets. So before we get on to talk about the patriarchal construct of pockets, uh, we should probably talk about the wine that we got this week. So Kim, you chose this one, didn't you? I did. What is it? I was so proud of myself. (laughs) Right, so as always, there's a saga. Um, I found a wine called The Pocket Wine. Oh, what? Yeah. And I could have got it if I'd remembered that Alex wasn't coming to this episode. (laughs) By which you mean it's not vegan friendly. It's not vegan friendly, and I always try to be a good host. So I was like... Oh, I won't get it. It's fine. But tonight we're dipping pepperamis in our drinks because she's not here. She's not here. So instead, I was reading an article about the history of pockets and how we don't get them. It's not allowed. Can't have. So we have bags instead. And and in Regency era, we had little reticules and etc, etc. So I was like, wine in a bag. Sold. Done. It's suitable for vegans. It's the Garganega Pinot Grigio. Yep, just go with that. I've got nothing on that. It's Italian pronunciation, spelling G-A-R-G-A-N-E-G-A. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So this is vegan wine in a pouch. And a pouch, or bag, holds two bottles of wine for a reasonable price. Um, A fresh contemporary unoaked white wine from Italy. A blend of two Italian grape varieties, Garganega and Pinot Grigio. For an enjoyable white wine with intense lemon, lime and melon flavours, a versatile food wine that will pair well with a range of foods from roast chicken or baked white fish to risotto or salads. Serve well chilled and drink within one month of opening. The fact that it says serve well chilled makes me question what it's actually going to taste like. I know white wine should be chilled, obviously, but well chilled seems... The fact Numb that you your can, mouth before you try this. The fact that you can drink it within one month of opening yeah. is what concerns me. Yeah, also that, yeah. Shall we? Let's. Because the ice has already gone. Yeah. I don't have that much ice in my freezer because we drank it all. Fair. Cheers. It doesn't taste of anything. Where's the... Where's the flavour? Yeah. It tastes... It's kind of on the roof of my mouth. Yeah, but then nowhere like else. It's, it's like skipped my tongue. It's like toffee. <laughs> it's just stuck up there and you're not getting it back down. It's like, you know, when you put candy floss in your mouth and it just kind of melts. So, 
it's it is a truth universally acknowledged that women don't have fucking pockets in their clothes um most women have fake pockets or have fake pockets now most women who wear jeans will know the lament of the deeply shallow pockets that was a contradiction in terms but you know what i mean (laughs) the very very shallow pockets that you can fit absolutely nothing in let alone a modern smartphone which is massive um and also the tiny change pocket what is the point in the tiny pocket the tampon pocket the tampon is that what it, yeah but it's not deep enough for a tampon no, but I just or am i just using tampons, tampons the size of my leg is well, this no, the because issue you use applicator tampons and i use uh, non-applicator tampons oh okay right fine yeah i hate the environment that's why um nor any actual money nope maybe a tiny non-applicator tampon yeah sure but who's carrying their tampon in their front pocket of their jeans Ooh, I don't know. For some reason, I'm imagining, like, you know, in westerns where they put their thumbs <laughs> in their waistband and then they swagger with their hips forward. Like that, <laughs> but with tampons. <laughs> like a tampon showdown. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Always. All the free advertising. You're welcome, brands. Send us free things because apparently tampons and feminine hygiene products are a luxury item. Yeah, that's a that's a separate rant for a separate episode. <sighs> yeah, no, we'll talk about that another time. But however, stupid tiny pocket, ridiculous. Stupid fake pocket. What's the point? And then you have things like combat trousers, which were obviously a thing when we were growing up. Less so now. You know, we no, they're coming it. back. Oh god, it's sad, isn't it? But like. Multiple pockets, and yet in weird places where you can't use them. You're not going to know why you need a pocket on your upper shin. Yeah, no, exactly. No one's like that's that's beyond reaching distance. Like that's you have to bend to get to that pocket. Well, it's so that you have to bend so that men, men can, can look see at your bum behind. Wow, with your tiny thong that pokes over the top of what? it. Is that also the case for men who wear zip-off shorts? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, because there's nothing sexier than zip-off shorts. Oh, it shows a man is ready for action when he has <laughs> zip-off shorts. Um, and the other thing that I just remembered... Yes, that was it. So other, then you find clothes that do have pockets. Mm-hmm. So um, I, for instance, I was at a festival this weekend. I wore a maxi dress uh, and that maxi dress had pockets. It was yeah. from Zara. They're quite good at putting pockets in their clothes. But, but... Someone has heard the the cry that women want pockets in their clothes and hasn't then thought about the structure of the clothes because you can't put pockets in a jersey item of clothing without it dragging, without it being pulled down, without it making it sit weird or you accidentally pop out a boob or something. Like, there's no consideration of the structure of the pockets so they just throw them in willy-nilly to please people and when they do, they're no use or they're tiny or they're shit. So That's pockets true. need to be better. I'm nodding solemnly because I have so many t-shirts with little pointless breast pockets. Oh I'm my like, god. I have the boots. Point. What can I put in there? What can I put in there? <laughs> and then uh, they're also still not big enough for anything except the pound coin for your trolley when you do the weekly shock because you're the woman and you have to. Uh, I also have rage about pockets. Shockingly enough, this is the rage episode. The lack of pockets in skirts and dresses is my big bugbear. Because... I, most of the time, if I'm putting something in my pocket, it's keys, phone, because my wallet's on my phone, so yeah, I don't yeah. need necessarily a purse, although I would like one. But keys and phone, that's the main thing. And um, iPod, or phone with headphones. Do you still use an iPod? Yeah. Yeah, I do. You have an iPhone. I know, but you can't put that much on an iPhone. Fair enough. And Get you know, Spotify. You, well, I do. 
but you don't always have Spotify. And I also have years of music library. Okay. What? What? Hang on. So for the, for the context of what is going into this pocket, what kind of iPod is it? iPod Classic. It's a chunk. Yeah, I'm a proper it's a hipster. Big, it's a big lad. Yeah. I mean, I brought bum bags back because <laughs> I couldn't wear any of my clothes and put my phone or my iPod or anything in my pocket without it either falling out or not existing because there is no fucking pocket in all my clothes. My question is, when you had a bum bag, did you wear it around your hips or over your shoulder like a cunt? No one wears it over... No, oh my God. At Reading, everyone. No, I know. Everyone. I know. Shirtless men wearing bum bags over their shoulders. I've never been less turned on in my life. My sweet baby angels and queer, I do it. And I just... I know. Fucking hate it. It's a bum bag. You wear it round your middle. A fanny pack. Your fanny is not, be it either definition of that, it's not on your shoulder. It's not your nipple. It's not your, your fanny is not your nipple. You heard it here first. This is a statement that we stand by. Yeah. At me. I don't care. <laughs> um, don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. Skirts in particular. Mm-hmm. Because I wear... Oh, well, I didn't wear jeans for a good few years there. So, circa 2015, I want to say, March. Um, Specific. Yeah, it's traumatic. I ripped a pair of jeans whilst in Sweden. And uh, it was pretty fucking cold. And I had to go to H&M, buy jeans, change into them in the changing room, spent all my, basically most of my holiday money on those fucking jeans because I didn't have any other trousers or anything. I was like, I'm going to wear jeans this whole trip. Um, so I stopped wearing jeans after that because they... Skirts don't split. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so for several years there, I wasn't wearing jeans. I wasn't wearing trousers. I didn't feel good in trousers. I wore a lot of skirts. I wore a lot of dresses. No fucking pockets. So I had to ruin every outfit by wearing a bum bag. And I like a bum bag, but yeah, well, still. And then the only other place that I was able to find pockets was wearing dungarees. Mm-hmm. So for the last four years, much as I love it, I have looked incredibly 90s. And I'm not a particularly 90s person. So there's that. And yet... As you say, your fashion has reflected a very 90s aesthetic. Yeah, because apparently in the 90s you were allowed pockets. Yeah. I just, I hate the fact that so many nice outfits assume that you don't need to carry anything. Or that if you do want to carry something, you then need to buy a bag. And then you buy a bag and it's like £50. And then they try and make clutch bags trendy. And so then you buy fucking clutch bags that are also like £30. And they can't fit anything in. Certainly can't fit a fucking applicator tampon in. And it's just like, why am I... I can't fit my regular purse in my clutch bag or my going out bag. So I have to buy a smaller purse to go in my going out bag. And I'm like switching between all my bags. And frankly, we're sold this idea that you have to like bags and care about bags and want to buy lots of bags. I've been using a rucksack for the last two years. Yep. I just... Give me fucking proper pockets. So... As Sam pointed out earlier, I am wearing a skirt that I wear a good two thirds of the year, I reckon. Yeah, easily, um, yeah. I have it in two colours because it has, it's it's got a nice elastic waistband, it sits on my knee, it goes with everything and it has two giant fucking pockets! 
you talking about clutch bags just reminded me again i'm going to talk about this a lot because i've just come back from it but i was at a festival this weekend did you did you go to reading did festival? I, go to, I went to reading festival you, i you saw the food, food fighters oh my god i don't know if you know you guys if you What's checked on my instagram stories so as i mentioned wore a dress dress had pockets i also took a bag with me i took my normal bag which is a rucksack like kim carries before going into the festival checked twitter and they'd put a tweet up that said you can't bring in a bag that's bigger than a4 bigger than an a4 sheet of paper right so i had my rucksack which is slightly bigger than a sheet of a4 so i was like right well if they say that i can't take it in i'm fucked because i can't fit everything that's in this bag in my pockets so i brought another bag with me luckily but it was a clutch bag it was metal so there's no stretch in it so i had to carry round a clutch bag that basically had my debit card my id my keys some cash a tampon and that was it it wasn't even big enough to fit my phone in because the neck was so narrow so it's like even when you have a fucking bag that is big enough to fit your shit in sometimes you can't take it in places no yeah, so and that's like you ridiculous. get you get dodgy looks in in shops for having a backpack, having a big bag, and like I just want I I carry a bag because I like to have a book with me. Mm. My rucksack is fairly unassuming; it's plain black, it's black small. Bag. I also have a variety of fashion bags that are tote bags and blah 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 blah. But if you want to fit anything of meaningful value in it if you are someone who does all your work on a laptop and you carry it around with you if you use an ipad even like the world that we live in is not designed for small bags and yet small bags are what we are marketed because they are somehow less assuming or more feminine or whatever and i have been in future yeah fucking cuter fuck off i'm 30 like cute's all well and good but come on like in my day-to-day i'm going to the office backpack i want to be able to fit my fucking mac in it yeah and i see these people with these tiny fucking rucksacks that are definitely bought from the kids section of claire's accessories and i'm thinking what what are you keeping in that why do you even need that with you but then i remember why because we don't have pockets so the tiny phone that you want to put in your pocket you can't because you don't have pockets also jacket pockets where you you put the jacket on and it's got pockets but they're kind of at an angle so that everything you put in them just kind of falls, falls out. out again yeah yeah awful that is i reckon conspiracy theory here i think that this is a design feature put by um phone manufacturers so that your phone breaks so you pay for a new phone no more outlandish than carry bags everywhere pay us for bags true you know what i love this is also actually this tacks on to that i love an inside pocket like when you've got a jacket or a coat and you've got that nice little like like the blazer pocket. like men will take this for granted when you've got a blazer on and you're like oh yeah no here's here's the tickets here's my cigar here's whatever um it's so fucking i feel so i feel so swish when I have a jacket or a blazer or a coat or something that has an inside pocket, the one I wore here has an inside pocket and I put things in it just so I can take them out again and go, it's in my inside pocket. It's but so things cool. don't fall out. Things stay dry. There's no like, 
you know, if it, if it pisses it down with rain, it's there's another layer and it's against your body. Inside, but more inside pockets, not just more pockets, more, more inside, inside pockets, pockets on women's clothes. I've also found that most pockets are um, poorly constructed and in coats in particular, all my pound coins that end up in the lining. <laughs> yep. Many, many a packet of gum has gone that way and a Carmex or two. But actually, I think that might be a secret life hack. How do, in what way? Well, every so often, if I'm like, I really don't have any money, I go to my winter coat <laughs> and I dig around in the lining and I'm like, oh, a tenner. It's great. It's great fun. Yeah. Actually, no, I do. I remember that happening with a bag, the lining split, and I was like, I'm getting money. And then I went to throw it out and I was like, oh, 10 pounds. Yep. yep. I basically made money, which yep. is not always <laughs> great. <laughs> every cloud yeah. has I a I'd shit ripped lining. I tweeted something ages ago about like, sure, sex is great and everything, but have you ever found money you forgot about in an old coat? <laughs> Honestly, like mm. tears. Yeah. Tears of joy when that happens. I have been more satisfied as a human being finding that than I have with many of my lovers. <laughs> so that was us basically venting about our frustration with pockets, which I'm sure a lot of our female listeners will identify with. But I think it's probably worth us addressing why we don't have pockets and what the history of that is in terms of fashion and also any other reasons that that might feed into that so kim and i read an article before the show to prepare we did history of pockets from this article was that pockets weren't a thing um men and women both used to carry a, what, what was it you called it in the 17th um, century well no so I, I mentioned that? a reticule, but oh, okay. that was that's a that's a, a later uh, thing. some nineteenth century the right. Regency era little bag. Okay, so before that, men and women just used to basically carry a pouch on string with their stuff in. It wasn't a gendered thing. People would just use it to store whatever they needed to carry when they needed to. Just because of the way that clothes were made and like everything was woven or knitted and yeah, sewing and the way that we think of it now wasn't quite the same thing. And they used to be carried on the inside of the like mm-hmm. inside of the outer clothes, but on the outside of underwear basically wasn't it yeah um and then in the as soon as petticoats and um excessive women's underwear became a thing mm-hmm. um we're talking 18th and 19th century here. yeah um someone had the bright idea of being like maybe we should sew the pouches into the clothing so they did that for men and for women but for men it was in the like pockets of waistcoats or um jackets or breeches yeah um so they were easily accessible on the outside of the clothes, whereas for women, they were sewn in a layer between undergarments, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, so Basically, they... they were sewn in your lower petticoat. So you had like three petticoats, as well as your slip and your drawers and everything. And your bloomers. So you and, still yeah. basically had to undress to make use of it, so mm. it didn't serve any fucking point. Quite, exactly. So why even bother having it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like they had tampons in, you know. 1722 just rags rags. anyway women didn't have pockets that wasn't a thing they had they had to carry this is when the reticule came in yeah so the reticule I think became more of a thing in the the, specifically the reticule uh it became mostly a thing in um the late 1790s and and early 1800s regency era Jane Austen era it's all the little bag that Lizzie Bennet carries around right um and they were purely decorative and they weren't really meant to carry anything because what the fuck were women carrying anyway men had all the money and all the stuff yeah women didn't have money they didn't have really property or any reason to carry anything at most it was intended to carry a small bottle of smelling salts and a handkerchief yeah 
And then we get into the 20th century and um, the World Wars when women started to, when men were off at war mm-hmm. and then the women would take uh, working roles that they didn't have before. So women were out working in a way, more broadly in a way they hadn't before. Obviously you had women working on farms and stuff mm-hmm. before that, um, working class women, but then you had many more women working in munitions factories or doing much more hands-on jobs in both world wars mm-hmm. and that's when you start to see patterns for skirts with pockets and i when we were reading this article there was a whole thing about like one pattern had six pockets and i was like oh my god the dream um <laughs> <laughs> what a world it must have been uh yes the germans might kill you but so many pockets six pockets. um i mean like how many times can you imagine may west being like thanks it's got pockets amazing love it <laughs> come up sometime and see my pockets <laughs> But yeah, so pockets were a thing um, for women in, during the wars when they had when they had to do actual practical things. Shockingly enough, um, and then you get into the fifties and you've got things like the Dior, um, the New Look, and mm. this is when houses like well Chanel actually sprang up in the First World War. Um, Coco Chanel, famously, uh, yeah, uh, an ethically ambiguous character. <laughs> um, so Chanel handbags became a thing. Handbags became much more of a thing and, a, and a, an item to to have for women. Um, Ostensibly because after the First World War and then again after the Second World War, the reasons that these hyper-feminine and also like things like the flapper mm-hmm. outfits, all very form-fitting mm. or um, close, you know, like close to the really accentuating femininity. We talked about this a little bit in the Glamour episode. Um, yeah. It was hyper femininity to essentially put women back in their place and make um, the gender roles to reassert them. reassert the, that's yeah. exactly the word reassert gender roles and so those clothes didn't have the pockets that the former um, like the working wear that women had experienced did and specifically women wearing trousers became really quite taboo because yeah. trousers and, and trousers had pockets but dresses never did and again you you went back to feminine form-fitting clothes little tiny handbags that hold your lipstick that hold your sunglasses that hold your chanel number five but they don't hold anything of value because you don't have anything of value because you're because your husband women. carries it all yeah yeah um yeah, and that's another thing. Yeah, the, the the reflection of the the cut of fashion on pockets is yeah a really interesting thing because we've talked again in the glamour episode about the waning of different silhouettes. So mm-hmm. the the very boyish silhouette of the twenties, um, this the tea dresses and the slightly more flared, more practical styles of the forties and the um going into the fifties when you've got the really exaggerated poodle skirts and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, then in the 60s you go right back down to um shift dresses mm-hmm. it's all very linear then the 70s when you're starting to look more at first wave feminism um you and have more flares with pockets. flares and pockets um bags are more like fringe bags is a thing that they're you see bigger quite often. they're bigger they're more practical you get big coats yeah oh like, yeah big like afghan coats big afghan coats yeah big knitted jumpers like a lot more practical clothing and Personally, I think it's hideous, but that's neither here nor there. I like a bit of 70s. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like much 70s except ponchos. Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> um, and then you had the 80s, which is when you had power suits. And yep. power suits had pockets. But they weren't big enough for 
80s mobile phones, were they? Or, ironically, <laughs> a pocketbook. Yeah, or that. Which, yeah, which I just it think does not fit really in any pocket. Nope, no. nope. Never has, no. never will. Palm Pilot. And then you had 90s, which was grunge and very androgynous. And a lot of, yeah, so a lot of flannel, a lot of um, loose-fitting... But then also, the 90s was a kind of weird time because you had that the flannel grunge um, Nirvana West Coast style, but you also had the supermodels. You had um, the Campbells. The, and Kate Moss is probably not the best example, but then you had people like, again, RuPaul came to... Heidi Klum. Um, Heidi Klum. RuPaul came to prominence in that time in the early 90s. And yeah. that's that kind of exaggerated femininity. I know he's a drag queen, but that kind of thing where it's it's this kind of blend of both worlds yeah but also bags weren't I don't feel like bags were as much of a thing in the 90s no the only thing about bags in the 90s that I can remember and I mean we were kids yeah so yeah but bum bags (laughs) bum bags and bucket hats oh my god so many bucket hats this weekend so many the 90s were not okay don't stop making them come back um yeah, no, I don't remember. Oh, I mean, dungarees. Dungarees had pockets. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about Girl Power and the Spice Girls and all the spandex. And they had these, like, little little handbags, some of them. But again, they all had bum bags and they all had, like, sporty spice very and scary spice. Both, bought, both had, like, the cargo pants and stuff. So the nineties were just weird. I think the nineties were a weird mesh of kind of everything where they went. It's going to be the millennium soon. Let's just throw everything at it. Yeah. Um. And then we get into the noughties, which were, as we talked about before the start of this episode, size zero, size double zero became a thing. Everything, everything became much more fitted. Fitting. Um. Skinny jeans made a comeback. Um. We had very very like handkerchief tops. Um. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, we had teeny tiny phones. Teeny, teeny, tiny phones. Phones went from massive to small and yeah. then massive again. We had teeny, tiny phones and teeny, tiny people. Yes. And teeny, tiny tops and weirdly skirts over jeans, which, <laughs> you know, I was into, but I was 14 and didn't know any better. Um, and yeah, just a lot of like weird naked clothing. Yeah. And- like the whole n- noughts aesthetic, which dear God, I hope that we're not heading in that direction again. Was very much no pockets, no nothing. Just look like you're ready to go to disco at any given moment. School disco. Spandex flares, handkerchief top. Don't have boobs. Seven disco. Oh, and those are butterfly clips in your hair. And I'm still not really sure why the 2000s decided that we didn't need pockets anymore. Yeah. No, they, they, they really did, didn't they? I guess it... Like, if I had to hazard a guess, it was... Because you were supposed to be so rich that you had some hunky boyfriend to carry all your shit for you. Rich and beautiful. Yeah. I because think... I'm thinking about like the Marissa Coopers and the, well, Misha Barton and yeah, Nicole Richie yeah. and Paris Hilton, who all had these tiny little skirts. That's hot. And these tiny, tiny dogs. little tops and these tiny little dogs. Oh, that's the, you had handbags Everything. to carry your dogs. Yeah. Um, But they also went out with like Good Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. And they carried all their shit. And that was also yeah, when it was trendy. They made it trendy to carry around shopping bags. Do you remember? Did the oh my god! Did your school never have the Lizenza? Oh, oh my god! I didn't realise like, that came from li- there. No, yeah, we had. It was the Lizenza and Jane Norman. Yeah, 
Jane and River Island. Yeah, so so, like, so fucking trash labels. It was consu- yeah, but in America it was like Bloomingdale's and Chanel and stuff. You have it was consumer culture. That's I'm not a paper bag. Then it moved into that. Yeah, yeah. It's consumer culture. It was you had to be glitzy and glamorous and show that you went shopping a lot. So you had all these shopping bags. So you didn't need to carry an actual bag. You didn't need an actual pocket because you had oh, you needed a shopping bag card and, a phone. and a puppy and a, a puppy and a phone. Yeah. yeah and now we're in the the tens i don't know what you call this the teens um the shit storm the, sh- <laughs> the fucking brexit shit storm um where i don't really know like it's really hard to judge when you're in it what the what the thing is but yeah 90s are much more around um backpacks generally i think those fucking um oh god alex has one the um those backpacks that are really popular that are made of like parachute silk um, and then like oh. Nordic and everyone's I can't even remember yeah, what they're called I don't know what they're called everybody's either. fucking got those fashion backpacks fashion backpacks fashion backpacks are now a thing again yeah. and while I'm glad for the sake of everyone's spinal health oh my god um, spinal health and more things do have pockets see aforementioned Zara but there's it's still not practical there's still I think the shift in pockets has been like literally the last year or so. I reckon two. Because, well, that's true because I have had this skirt for two years. Um, but I think generally I still think that I can go into any shop and it not have pockets and I would be livid. And the fact that we're still amazed that things have pockets. Like when you buy something online, you yeah. don't realise. Yeah. And then you put it on and you're like, oh my God, it's got pockets. It's the best yeah. day. I've oh. got so many dresses like that where I'm like, so again, the thank you, it has pockets. Yeah. So many. It months, makes a yeah. difference. Although I um, I bought a pair of jeans from ASOS last year and it arrived and it had pockets and I'd chosen it because it had pockets, among other things. But I was like, mm, it's got pockets in jeans, it should be fine. Arrived, picked it up and the pockets fell off. Sorry, what? The pocket had not been sewn on. They were just like rested on there and then they oh fell off. So you just had pocket outline. I was like, this is taking fake pockets to a new and insulting level. That's terrible. So we're gonna have a small break now. We're gonna refresh our glasses with this bag of wine and then we'll be back to talk more about the ethics of pockets um, and women's fashion in general, I think. And high street shopping. And high street shopping. So we're back from our break. We have topped up our glasses with the... It's not Gorgonzola. That's all I've got in my head. How do you say it, Kim? Gargan... Garganega. We have more of that. It's a 1.5 litre bag. So we're going to be drinking this for the rest of the episode. It's a 2018 vintage, if anyone gives a shit. Um, Personally, I don't. But it's the Garganega. Garganega. Yeah, all right, thanks. (laughs) So, sustainability and women's fashion. Yes particularly high street fashion i think um there's been a big spotlight in recent years on how and where women's clothing is made Mm -hmm. a lot of it is in fairly unethical setups sweatshops um Mm -hmm. factories where people are not paid a living wage they're paid pence on the dollar or cents Mm -hmm. on the dollar i should say sorry mixing my uh currencies there um and a lot of these workers are often female mm-hmm. um so apart from this idea of 
patriarchy in design, which we'll probably go into a bit more in a bit, there's also this idea of patriarchy in the construction of the garments. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting. So we wanted to talk about this a couple of episodes ago, the last episode, at some point. Um, Two episodes ago. But there was a problem with our recording. But the there was a... A couple of years ago, there was a trend of celebrities wearing this t-shirt that said, this is what a feminist looks like. And it was, you know, it was all the rage. You can buy this. It donates 25p to something or other. Um... And then it was revealed that it was being made in a Malaysian sweatshop mm. for basically nothing. Yeah. And it kind of begs the question of how far does your feminism really go? Yeah. And I think that, you know, we're not we're not immune from this criticism. I think that no, not at all. we do our best to think intersectionally and we, we think about the stuff that we buy, but we also we are Western women. We are Western and... white women, and we we fuck are... up sometimes. Yeah, and we. I think also. I just don't think that we are as as conscientious as we could be. No. Um, but I think in particular when I think about fashion, and the the high street industry and the way that everything is sold to us, buy this dress; it has pockets. Buy this range like you'll see a buzzfeed article article or, or similar which is 12 new dresses from top shops range that all have pockets mm. or you'll see you know like new looks new range is fighting feminism with its wacky slogans and that's all well and good and i love me a slogan t-shirt which is kind of what we were talking about in our coffee table feminism episode as we well. did yeah um but the actual the way that these the way that these items are made is harming to people um not just women but more often than not the people that are working in these sweatshops are women but women and children and anyone in that in in that um community because this is a livelihood that they are dependent on and they can't break away from it so they are reliant on this western bullshit trade that pays them nothing and that takes over their lives and basically abuses them it's 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 19th century fucking cotton mills but in the Mm. modern day it's bullshit it's the workhouse yeah it is it's a workhouse and then on the top of that you also have the fact that all of that labor all of that abuse and that i mean abuse is the word all of that horrible power imbalance is for an item of clothing that's going to be in shops for three weeks, four weeks, yeah, a couple of months at most, according to high street seasons, and then it will either stay in someone's cupboard for a year before they go. Mm, I really need to clear out my cupboard and chuck it out and ends up on a landfill because apparently no one donates to charity anymore, or it will end up in a clearance rack and again end up on landfill. It's it's the fact that I mean. Thrown out clothing is one of the largest actual court like um what's the word I'm looking for? Contributors? Yes, to landfill alongside, you know, what single use plastics. Um but it's this this excessive amount of waste that is going into our landfills. So it's causing that pollution. To construct this mass amount of change in clothing is causing 
you know, excessive amounts of deforestation and everything. You think about the fact that clothing itself, the construction of clothing and um, the market of clothing, of packaging, the packaging that that comes in, the packaging that is sent to you, how many ASOS packages that you get with their little helpful little plastic pockets that you can return in, that's all going in landfill. That's all single-use plastic. Your clothes have plastic. They are shedding little bits of plastic all over mm. as you wear them, and especially the cheap shit. If you're not buying cotton, if it's treated with these synthetic products, you're actually it is damaging to the environment. And there's no long study about that. But um, there's a there was a book that I read last year about. Um, like the fight against plastic basically a lot of this information has come from and I will I will give Sam the link to it because I can't remember the title off the top of my head I'm pretty sure it's basically like how to live plastic and free. I'll put it on the show notes and on Twitter yeah um, but it talks about this it talks about the unsustainability of fashion and this is something that Alex is very passionate about um, if she were here I'm sure she'd be talking about it because she's recently committed to not buying new clothes for a year for a year to see what kind of difference that she can make to her own attitude yeah and we've um, as a friendship group have already talked about this and have been trying to make our own differences with this for a while because we we do clothes swaps where mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we might be tired of the item of clothing but our friends might not be so we <laughs> shockingly enough sit in my living room and drink wine and hold up items of clothes and go i'll that have is, that that I'll is have that. uh 80 of our socializing yeah 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 sounds right but i think like I don't feel like you can be truly feminist without caring about the world that we're in and making it last. If at the very least you do anything off the back of this episode, don't throw away your clothes, donate them. Don't buy into the fact, like the patriarchy fucking wants you to, that you need to buy new clothes every time they come into the shop. You do not need to buy a new handbag just because now leopard print handbags are in fashion instead of snakeskin handbags. Fuck right off. Your plain black backpack that you've had for two years is not only going to serve you longer than a fucking five pound bag from Primark, but it's also not going to give you back pain. No, but it's true. And I think this idea of um, seasons within fashion um, is like it, 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 it's weird because it plays into obviously we have seasons we have a different need between the clothes that we wear in December regardless of where you are in the world and the clothes that we wear in August they're very very different mm-hmm. so there are seasonal clothing is a thing however seasonal f- fashion is fucking shit. Yes. (laughs) And there's a quote, and I think it's by someone like Coco Chanel, and I can't, oh God, I'm just going to be like, there's a quote and it says a thing because I can't remember it. Paraphrase the shit out of it. It's essentially like, um, uh, fashion is ephemeral, style is forever. Mm. And it's this idea of, you don't need to buy into a fashion. You don't need to have, so for this year, for example, snakeskin. Mm. massive massive trend do you need snakeskin do you love snakeskin probably not if you love snakeskin great go for it load up on all the snakeskin get it all in wear it for the next 10 years and then come back to me and tell me how you feel mm-hmm. like don't just do it for the shits and giggles yeah. do it because you like it do it because you know you're going to wear it for a long time 
and I think we're all guilty of this. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, we're, we're both now. we're here proselytizing. You know, about like, don't do the thing, don't do the thing, do the you know, do the thing forever. Just wear, just wear black. Just go full um, Karl Lagerfeld. Have a capsule God rest wardrobe. Itself. I I've definitely been guilty of this in the last couple of months. I was gearing up for a big holiday and was like, I have to buy new things. Was buying stuff off you know those knockoff websites like Zaffle and Shane. Um, and ultimately, ultimately, it wasn't worth it, and I shouldn't have done it, and it was unnecessary, and it was a huge, huge waste. And I recognised that literally as soon as these things were in my hands, because the quality and the fit and everything, and the amount of plastic that comes with them, I felt ashamed of that. And you learn from that kind of thing, but that's the thing you you get into this mindset that if you don't have the latest fashion. You're Even lesser. if you're not a fashion follower. No. Exactly. Because I don't consider myself a fashion follower. I don't follow trends. And yet, I have seen more women in leopard print skirts that I really, really want in the last three months. And I'm like, oh, I really, really want it. Oh, maybe I should get a leopard print skirt. I want a leopard print skirt for years. I love leopard print. Leopard print's one of my things. I freaking love it. But I've been seeing all these women. I'm like, maybe I should just buy that one. Maybe I should just buy that £20 dra- um, skirt from h&m and then i'm like no you're doing it because everyone else is wearing it you're not doing it because that's the one that you finally found that you really like the leopard print dress that i really really want i've sent to you searching for something that you like that you feel great in because you want a new dress not a problem buy a new dress buy something snazzy but don't buy something because someone told you that you need a new bikini like because the world is making you think, or Love Island is making you think, oh, that Love you Island. need a new bikini for every single day of your holiday. Spoiler alert, no one gives a shit when you're in the sea. On the one hand, I completely get it. I get the I get the new. I get the thrill of the new. Mm. Um, when you're like, no one has seen this. Nobody has seen me like this before. Mm, I'm so good but also you're like everyone has fucking seen me before like unless you're going into this environment where there is no one there you know mm. and even if they are there is no one there you know what does it matter if you wear something that you've you already, already got own. like it doesn't it doesn't you're not going to be magically transformed into this other person it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter yeah also personally i feel more confident in clothes that I know how they look on me. I know yeah. how they photograph. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, very good point. I have a few, few key outfits. I don't particularly feel good about myself on any given day. Um, but I have a few key I outfits. I feel good about you. Does Thanks. that help? It does, always. Anyway, yeah. yeah. The point is, we get the we get the thrill of new, new clothes. We're susceptible to the thrill of new. God knows. But we know better. <laughs> But we know better, and I think it's important to consider where your clothes are coming from. Yes. And where they're going. Yes. At the very least, donate your clothes if you don't use them anymore. Because if they aren't being used to actually clothe people, the fabric can be used to turn into blankets and... um, the cushions, things, cushions, stuff for for all manner of people in third world countries, uh, victims of domestic violence. The fabric can be used for like. I know people feel a bit weird about like donating towels and stuff, 
But um, if you're worried about like sheets and towels and things, donate them to your animal shelters. Because yes. yeah, pets good point. really, really, like, uh, animal shelters and vets really, really oh, need towels and they sheets. Do. They wrap the little babies in them and it makes them feel like they're still with their mama. I just, I, I feel very strongly about if you don't want it, fine. I appreciate that. No one's saying you have to keep a fucking top that you hate. But donate it. Don't just chuck it out. So obviously Pockets has been the focus of this episode and our irritations <laughs> with the limitations on Pockets. Irritations with the limitations does feel like a Hamilton uh, lyric, uh, but we're not going to go into that. But it's not the only issue, I think, that we as women have with fashion. Mm. Um, so, Kim, what what else is frustrating for you about the fashion industry in general? The price of bras. Oh, fuck, yeah. 40 quid for a bloody bra. And I didn't choose these. They're there. Yeah, I'll be honest. This has definitely become more of an issue for me since um, boobs appeared overnight. The length of skirts. Mm. Because, right, so, as previously mentioned in this podcast, I am next. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bragger. <laughs> I consider my legs quite nice yeah lovely legs i like them i would kill for your legs as in i will literally kill you on my your legs can you not it's a bit weird i have no promises i consider my legs quite attractive i like mini skirts but i have a bum Mm -hmm. that is large uh than it used to be it's not very large it's larger than it used to be but that's the thing it's not very large and yet i can't wear a mini skirt because um as soon as i move it then I'm up. showing crack. And <laughs> Sam's horrified that I she just used that phrase. She is dealing crack. But that's that, that that's how crass it feels to wear a miniskirt around people. Like, I've worn miniskirt office wear and felt... I've never felt more ogled than in office wear when wearing a miniskirt. I think the problem is, um, so many skirts are made to... They're made to go over your widest point, which for a lot of women, particularly with a skirt, not necessarily a dress, but particularly with a skirt, is your hips and bum. Mm-hmm. And when you've got it over the hips and bum, you're, what you're left with is uh, a narrower point at either end. So you've got a small waist or small thighs or both. So what happens is it, is it like is it bunches, doesn't mm. it? So there's no kind of consideration of like okay well once this is on a person how is it going to fit as they move around the other another one is um impractical jackets Mm -hmm. because i am a i'm a person who gets very warm very easily i don't like wearing coats i don't wear coats until it's minus something or other yeah as a general i have a jacket that i wear all the time um, but generally, as a rule, I don't really wear coats because they get too hot. They're impractical. You can't put a backpack on. You can't move. You can't structure. They're just, they don't do up. You get by coats and they have like no buttons. So it's like, what's the fucking point on having a coat if you can't actually do it up? It doesn't cover any part of you. Or you get coats that they look very warm and snuggly and actually they're not very warm and snuggly. They are thin and ineffectual and they cost 60 pounds. Or you have quote unquote waterproofs that are not fucking waterproof. No. They're not even water resistant. You just end up sad and wet. <laughs> I have 
I have further to that an issue with women's shoes because none of them are made of sturdy fabrics unless you want to wear Wellingtons. Nobody wants to wear Wellingtons all the time because they're uncomfortable. Or unless you want to pay £120 for a pair of shoes. Yep. And frankly, it's, it's bad for my health because you get stuck in the rain and all boots are made of suede and then they shrink and then they sink through or trainers sink through and trainers have no arch support so you're constantly tripping on fucking curves and spraining your ankle so we either have the choice of spraining my fucking ankle or getting the fucking flu from wet shoes because yes I am a fucking regency woman and I get my <laughs> feet wet and I get ill but it's not my fault I had a breakdown it's happened ever since, th- since then it's very unfortunate and I don't enjoy it Women's buttons. Why are they not sewn on properly? Why, also, do you ever get this? Um, so, uh, you have a shirt or... Yeah, no, a shirt I'm going to go with. Buttons, not the same size as the buttonhole, so you do them up and then they burst open. Oh, I'm not oh. I'm not particularly ample of bosom. I am medium. I'm a double D, two and E on a bad day. Not a bad day, on a big day. Um... And I wear shirts that fit everywhere else, but because the buttons are so much smaller than the buttonholes, I've been in a meeting and be like, you can see my bra. And luckily, it's, always, dress, it's, it's, it's a good thing I have really nice bras, but yeah. actually, maybe that's a bad thing. I don't know. Okay. But this is the thing. I mean, those things that I've mentioned that we've just talked about, ill-fitting shirts not oh waterproof my God, clothing. The boob gap. Like short skirts. Yeah. All of these suit some kind of weird kind of gross male porny fantasy of like, oh, is it wet in here? Oh, I better just take off my shirt and oh, I'm just looking over this spreadsheet with you. Oh, did my shirt gape? Oh no! <laughs> like, fuck! My oh. shirt's not the only thing that's gaping, Mark. But no, it's very like, ah, oh, ladies, you know what they have? Tits. Let's not make them be able to cover their tits as much as they'd like. You know what they have? Bums. They can't, no, we want to be able to see those. Or we, or we want a ga- fucking bloody... I, right, okay, so I'm, I have big ass, big hips. Small, smaller waist, not a small waist. Um, medium boobs. I'm very much pear shaped. So if I put on jeans or a skirt, you end up with a gape at the at the back or the front. Is something that's not addressed properly and off the hanger. You know, we used to go to tailors, and I can see the point in that, or dressmakers in women's case, because apparently you have to, if clothes are gendered, you have to call them different things. Um, <laughs> but it's true though. It's so fucking ridiculous. You go to a person and go. I am wearing a garment. The garment fits me incorrectly in this place. Can you make it fit correctly? But apparently that person needs a different name. Mm-hmm. Alex, come back. We warned you. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of irritations when it comes to clothes being made for women. And also because, and this is... So many clothes for women that are on the high street are made, as we have said, in factories in... Uh, different parts of the world and so many of those factories are genuinely in places like China, Singapore, Taiwan like that there's it's the um the far east where female build 
and the desired female build is very different. Mm -hmm. So what Western women are given, and I know this from working with a company that work with um, Hong Kong Chinese factories, Mm -hmm. what they are given is, is 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 a standard that is typical in the places these things are being created, which is not the same as in the West. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely no reflection on either culture as to what that represents, but it's, it's, there's a very different idea of, of what these garments should be and how they should fit. It's poor communication, if anything. Well, quite. Um, and when you're, and these factories aren't just working for one company. They're working for several companies. They're churning out different um, garments. They're not, you know, like, it, it, it's a mix of everything. So you're going to get miscommunications. You're going to get errors in in the way these builds work. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to add another annoyance, which feeds into a, a further annoyance. Um bras that stab you in the boob mm. which leads me to clothes that are designed to fail because that is my problem with the cyclical nature of fashion the fashion seasons the fashion industry the high street industry the way that clothes are designed the way that clothes are made the way that things are marketed is that everything that is made for you to buy for the most part is designed to break within a year that is this includes phones this includes fucking vacuum cleaners a lot of stuff is designed to break within a certain period of time so that you buy a new one specifically women's fucking bras that are designed literally designed to fit and or supposed to be to fit and curve around the changing shape of a woman's boob and yet you buy a bra from somewhere like Marks and Spencers, which is supposed to be one of the best UK markets for bras, and it stabs you in the boob within like four weeks of buying it. I'm sorry. If I'm paying £26 for a bra at a discount, on sale, I expect to be able to wear that for six months. So we've talked quite a lot about women's fashion, women's pockets. Um, I think we've made our opinion pretty clear. We've made... I think our I think it's fair to say that our opinion is women's fashion is not a fair representation of what women need or want. True. And I, I think what we haven't explicitly stated, although has been emphatically implied, is that the problem here is that women's fashion is generally defined by men mm-hmm. and men's decisions about what women should be wearing. I mean, look at how many of the major oh, fashion right. houses are run by men. Are run by men, or at least have historically had, you know, their central figures be men like Karl Lagerfeld, you know, with Valentino. Yeah. yeah. Back to the pockets thing, pockets. which is what this entire episode is meant to be about. Okay. Um, we want more functional pockets, not just more pockets, more functional pockets in women's clothing. Mm-hmm. Kim, do you have any brands that you think are great for that? Any any places that you can recommend our listeners would check out? So, first of all, I mentioned the skirt that I'm currently wearing that I have in two colours. I bought this from ASOS. 
basics about two years ago. Um, assholes in general, I personally don't think are great for sustainability or for um, for pockets, as I, as is mentioned by the uh, the jeans story earlier on in the podcast. <laughs> but these skirts, if you were wondering, they are from there. Their basics range is pretty fucking good. Um, as is their assos design, and I know that they have an assos conscious line. So don't despair, but be more um selective in your choice from assos yep. maybe. Um, people tree mm-hmm. is ethically conscious and does a lot of really good sort of classic casual. It's similar to fat face and white stuff. But it's a little bit less um, mumsy, I guess, would be my argument. The other one is um, Mahiki Kala. I, this was passed on to me by a colleague at work um, because they do these great jumpsuits. They don't do very much, but they're very ethically conscious. Um, they're these gorgeous, like, cotton pattern jumpsuits. They're so good for, like, chilling out on the beach. Or if, if you're just that kind of person that, like, likes a good loose fitting garment that's that's where i would go um also h&m does a conscious section now mm-hmm. h&m i have mixed feelings about i love h&m clothing all my t-shirts pretty much are from h&m and they do have a conscious line and they're really really good for recycling your clothes that you don't want anymore they if you take a bag of clothes to be recycled they will give you a five pound voucher their sizing can be really tricky um, they certainly fall prey to the high street cyclical nature of fashion, but their basics range again is the same season in season out, and I think that's the that's the market that I tend to shop from. You're not into online shopping, but generally, mostly I do my online shopping, and um, Sam and I both shop for um, clothes more of a vintage persuasion from we things do. like British Retro. And, yes, um, which is designed one? in London. Pretty Dress Company as mm-hmm. well are a very... Um, y- it's easy to trace the origins of the dresses and the garments they make. Lucien Yak, which there are 4,700 companies across the UK which are committed to paying a sustainable living wage. Um, even if their garments aren't made in the UK, they, they invest in that. Um, they make a lot of things like dungarees, jumpsuits, um, all-in-ones. Really, really, really good quality. Also, um, Jolie, uh, Joni, sorry, Joni. Joni clothing. clothing are great, um, yeah. I love Joni clothing, and m- so many of the best clothes that I've bought over the last two years have been from there. Again, mm, I haven't looked into the sustainability of it, but it's it's vintage-inspired clothing, seems to be a relatively small um operation so it seems more inclined to be more personal although i think if you're really on the market for sustainable clothing i have to say the best thing you can do is shop charity shops yeah shop ebay shop thread up and threadless and all those um no threadless is a t-shirt company shop thread up and charity shops and ebay and all those secondhand websites um and if you're going to an event try renting your dress there's websites like yes. Fat Llama or um, um, also, on the um, runway i think it's called on the runway and um oh god it's a great one i can't remember the name 
also go onto independent platforms like Etsy. I know mm, it's not Etsy. Yeah. It's not perfect in terms of sussing out what's sustainable, what's not, but you can get a much you can you can contact the person who makes the garments directly. Um brands like Kemi Telford also great. Po- very very pockety brand. Um very print focused like you, just just do your research. Yeah. Right, with that, shall we get on to the rating of the wine yeah, so that on. we can close off the episode? Yeah, let's let's rate our bag, Kim. Our bag of wine. So just in case you hadn't gathered earlier from our mangling of this uh, pronunciation. Name, this is the um, Gargania. You've already forgotten, haven't you? Yep. Yep. Shall I look it up? Garganega. 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 Garganiger. Fucking Garganiger. Noel Gallagher. Noel Gallagher. For those of you who've already forgotten, this is the Garganiger Pinot Grigio from Marks and Spencers, product of Italy, um, described as fresh and easy drinking, citrus and tropical, goes well with salads and seafoods. Um, How did you find it, Sam? Well, I drank a bottle of it, essentially. (laughs) Um, It was... It was white wine. It was, if someone said, describe white wine, I would describe this white wine. Kind of grapefruity. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, no real strong flavour. How about you? It tasted of nothing and I have heartburn. Okay, good. It was, a, it was. You know, it was supporting cast. It was fine. I don't necessarily think that it paired well with our conversation. So, um... Choosing a wine in a bag was a great shout, if I do say so myself. Um, it was just really drinkable. And it's that kind of wine that you do just drink. It's a session wine. Um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it was a winner. Oh, it's fine. It's no, fine. fine. It's kind of like, you know what it is? It's skinny jeans pockets. Like, they're there. They're not great. I'm going to give it a 2.5. No, I'm going to go with 2, actually. For me, this is shallow skinny jean pocket wine. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with also a 2. 2. Yeah. Anyway, that's wonderful. If you have any brands that you know of that are either sustainable or have a lot of pockets, or even better, both. Please, both. Let us know. Um, You can visit us on Instagram at... Grape Culture Podcast. Or Twitter at Grape Culture Pod. Or email us at Grape Culture Podcast at gmail.com. Or visit our website at www.grapeculturepodcast.co.uk. Bye. Bye.